And welcome everybody to another Freakazoid episode of the Animaniacast. That blue night guy's pretty good. He sure is. My lord. What? Oh, my lord. Right. Ha. <laughs> Funny. You know, I like jousting so much I wish I could marry it. <laughs> Funny. And welcome, everybody, to another episode of Freakazoid and Friends. That's right. This is the spin-off series of the Animaniacast. You know, the podcast where we exclusively talk about Freakazoid. Or uh, Animaniacs and, you know, Tiny Toon Adventures and Pinky the Brain. That's right, but today we're talking about Freakazoid. And we're, this is the only podcast, of course, where you can freak out about Freakazoid. We pick a random episode in sequential order. And we revisit all of the cultural references and gags. And in a, the end... We're going to give this episode of Freakazoid a water tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me once again is my brother Nathan. Roddy, settle. <laughs> Funny. Uh, across the country in Georgia, there's Kelly. Hello. Hello, everybody. Well, yeah, I didn't know there was a lot of different quotes in this one. I was very interested to see what, what Nathan was going to do. Uh... <laughs> All I knew is that I had to say Cosgroves. Funny. 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 <laughs> I wanted to do Cosgroves. Uh, oh, sorry, I didn't respond sooner. I thought you were doing one of your little skits. <laughs> <laughs> sorry I didn't help you out sooner, kid. I thought you were doing one of your little skits. But, uh, yes, today we're talking about the last episode of Season 1. Episode 13 of Freakazoid. It was the season finale, and I kind of get the the idea from this episode and uh, that they, they weren't even quite sure that they would get a season two. <laughs> so luckily for us fans of the show, of course they did. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't make much more than that. Uh, at least not yet. We're, hold, we're holding on hope that there for will season be... season three. Yeah, season three somewhere. Uh, by the way, to watch this episode of Freakazoid, which of course you should... Well, you could buy the episode, of course, on some place like Amazon or, or uh, uh, let's see, Apple. They all have it, you know, for like a dollar or two. You could buy the seasons, the whole season on, you on get those the season, streaming you get devices. Some bonus content too. Oh, on the streaming devices? No, if you get, if you buy the season on a DVD, that's true. So. And that is really the honestly, if you can get it. I really recommend the DVD because, of course, that gives you the special features and stuff like that. But you get commentary on three episodes, but not this one. <laughs> we're holding on hope for uh, HBO Max to do the right thing and get Freakazoid streaming so more people can enjoy it. But if you really can't find it anywhere, there are places online, of course, that you can watch 
in poor quality, a Cartoon Network <laughs> stream <laughs> of this episode. But uh, wherever you can get it, get it. And if someone were to ask you about this episode, to summarize it in just a few words, uh, what would you tell them, Nathan? I'd say it's like the chip part three. Ooh. And Kelly, <laughs> Kelly, what about you? Oh, um, <laughs> uh, there was a castle. <laughs> there was a castle. I don't know. This episode <laughs> was all over the place. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, wait a minute. An episode of Freakazoid that's all over the place? I don't know. Yeah. That doesn't sound like this show. <laughs> I think she was watching a different show completely. No. <laughs> <laughs> we must know you watched the last episode of Pinky the Brain on a treadmill. Did, did this one get the same treatment or was this actually no, sitting down? No, no. This is there in my lunch break, so I watched it in my car. There you go. So there you go. So we're just picking up the different places to watch these episodes. By the way, I missed, I can't believe it, I missed a reference for the Pinky and the Brain episode, the last one we talked about. Uh, it was Kerwood, no, Durwood Kirby. I did not mention he was on one of those collector plates. And uh, nobody, nobody out there cared a bit about it. But I almost and still they don't. Uh, yeah, and still they don't. <laughs> but uh, I just want to put out for the record: I know now I missed a reference. It was Kerwood or Durward Kirby, and uh, he sued Rocky and Bullwinkle because they parodied his name in an episode where they were searching oh. for the Kerwood Derby. And Durward Kirby sued them because he said, "That's you can't make fun of me." Did he, he win? Like, I don't think so. I, I mean, come on, it's just a parody, and it's, it's not a like they were yeah, really. Hard, you can't. They were looking for a derby, and just because his, I mean, he must have just been teased when he was a kid about his name, I guess. But he was a radio and TV personality back in the fifties and sixties. Again, a person that you would know back then, and that old lady Bernice in that Pinky and the Brain episode. Uh, boy, oh boy, she she liked her weird collector's plates, and that was one of them. Okay, well, before we get into our discussion of today's episode, Nathan, please tell us, when did this episode first premiere? Oh, okay. Well, Joey, this was on a Saturday. It was in February. It was on the 17th, and the year was 1996. Uh, this was uh, just a day after uh, Al Pacino and John Cusack star in the movie City Hall. Uh, Adam Sandler learns to golf in the movie Happy Gilmore and Tim Curry stars opposite Kermit the Frog in Muppet Treasure Island. It's also the last day, uh, well, the final airing of the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers after its 145th episode. So well, that was this There day. you go. <laughs> Muppet Treasure Island. What are your thoughts on that movie, Kelly? Not my favorite Muppet movie. Um, I think I've, I've seen it once. But I, I should revisit it because I liked Muppets in Space better the second time I watched it. So. Yeah, I was watching some of Muppets in Space just a little while ago, and I did I was, ended up finding myself chuckling at a lot of different things. Yeah, Pe- Pepe's funny. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Muppet Treasure Island. They were just kind of they were just going off of this is what Muppet movies are now. We just take a book and we just read it and have Gonzo and Rizzo be the narrators. And no, it doesn't work all the time. It worked fantastically. But it had Tim Curry in it, so that. That's cool. That's true. Um, speaking of which, I saw uh, Treasure Planet for the first time recently and did not I've like it. I've never seen that. No? It's, it's on Disney good? Plus. I, I had to watch it because, I you think know, it's probably better than 
Treasure Island, but I don't know. They're both just not well, that good. there you go. It's it's what happens when you have Disney Plus. You end up just watching things that you're like, you know what? I've never seen this cartoon. I'm gonna watch it right now. And then an hour and a half later, you're like, you know what? I that was creative, but um, oh. not gonna watch that again. Uh, at any rate, let's go ahead and talk about this episode of Freegazoid. Let's talk about the Wrath of Gutierrez. <laughs> And The Wrath of Gutierrez was written by friend of the show, Paul Rugg, and it was directed by Scott Geralds. And Nathan, why don't you please tell us what the heck happens here in the first section of The Wrath of Gutierrez. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we start off with, uh, it's a cold open. This uh, woman is talking. She has a deadpan voice. It turns out her name is Deadpan. Uh, she has the superpower to turn into any form uh and her plan is to turn into freakazoid and uh so she's going to go into the white house and take over and no one will know it's her and then freakazoid walks by and says oh hi deadpan and then she says oh shoot and that's the end of that segment but uh, (laughs) so so freakazoid just like in the theme song which plays right after this does wash rescue washington dc yeah see uh, so from deadpan it's true it finally happened in the first season (laughs) <laughs> Actually, it happens a few times, I guess. It happened from alien invasions and stuff like that. But this was truly yeah. – got Deadpan was it's a kind of an interesting character. She, whatever she – she can look like somebody but just keeps her same voice. She keeps the same voice. So that it's Deadpan really... voice, like a baby, like a really big smiling freakazoid, like, hello. Um, interesting character design, interesting character. Very. That's the only time you see like, Deadpan, I believe, yeah. in the entire series, right? Yeah. Uh, but Kelly, what did you think about this first little short section? I like Deadpan. She reminds me of Wednesday Adams. <laughs> she does. <laughs> I also like the part where she takes off the she goes darn or whatever and, and just kind of looks like a cosplayer that's sad because she takes off the freakazoid face but still has the body and I thought that was cute just seeing that. Um Nathan, what about you? Um she's like Clayface. Uh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, she was voiced by Bibi Newrith, who has uh, played Lilith on Frasier, if you recognize really? the voice. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my and goodness. She, and Cheers. I mean, she and Cheers, yes. Cheers. Yeah. Oh, she's great. She, I think yeah. she does. She's. I think she still does some voice work and stuff, too. She's. That was great. Yeah. Oh, I like her. <laughs> <laughs> no one will ever know it's actually me. Hi, Deadpan. Hello, I... Rats. Well, it's funny that they pick somebody who actually kind of looks like Deadpan, too. I mean, that's... that's <laughs> yeah, I'm like... It's like basically the same person. She could so. play Deadpan in the Freakazoid movie. Yeah, they do, they do a live-action one. She should be... <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, anyway. Well, let's go into... So, Nathan, what happens in the actual... Then we get to the real thing of Wrath of Gutierrez. What happens then? Right. Well, uh... Gutierrez, if you remember from the chip, part two was sent to prison after trying to kill Dexter's family or something. So he's still in prison. And uh, we see the warden coming to his cell. And it turns out that uh, Gutierrez is upset about something. I understand there's a problem with your computer. Oh, a trivial matter, really. I'm embarrassed to even mention it. But I will. The computer itself is wonderful. 
It even has the pinnacle microchip, as I requested. Perfect for playing my computer games like Chubby Fudge's Cooking Lab and Attack of the Grillery and my favorite, Amazing Castle. But, to my surprise, I find that I cannot log onto the internet because I don't have a phone line. He gets his internet and it turns out he has uh, the code from the chip part one and two uh, that will turn you into a freakazoid under his eye patch. So he types it in, hits the delete key and gets sucked into the internet. And we cut to freakazoid and he is at medieval times and he's watching with uh, Cosgrove. They're having a lovely time. Uh, Freakazoid's making jokes like, my lord, and he's talking <laughs> funny. Um, and then when uh, Cosgrove makes a little joke, uh, Freakazoid suddenly starts making weird noises and crashes in face first into his own plate of food. Um, and finally, Cosgrove realizes that he's actually hurt. So he rushes him to the hospital. But first, he has to stop by to get some fast food. Norma, it's Cosgrove. Give me a double chubby boy. And who's on the fryer tonight? Yeah, he's good. Okay, give me some fries, too. And then he's off to the hospital. And at the hospital, um, there's no clear signs of why Freakazoid's energy would be feeling all zappy or low. But uh, they're going to keep him overnight. And we get to see a nice, lovely scene of why kids should also go to the hospital if they ever feel sick. And then or, or, uh, sick or irpy, you know, or when irpy. You're feeling irpy. <laughs> I hate hospitals. They're icky. They keep blood in refrigerators. Not that you kids shouldn't go to the hospital if you ever need to. That's right, kids. Hospitals are places that make you well when you're feeling kind of irpy or have a foreign substance stuck up your nose. They'll fix you up and ship you out as good as new. Plus, the food's mighty fine. Um, and that night, uh, uh, Gutierrez appears in a dream of Freakazoid and he says, come find me, Freakazoid. Remember me? Laugh with me. You know, kind of fun, classic <laughs> uh, catchphrase. Classic Gutierrez. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, he wakes up, screams, and then uh, a hand covers his mouth and it turns out it's Roddy. If you remember the uh, the <laughs> uh, Scottish uh, driving instructor, from the chip part one and two. Uh, he got zapped into the internet as well. So he is also a freakazoid, but he looks basically the exact same, but he has a little stripe in the hair. So you can tell he has freakazoid power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are, wait a minute. Now it makes me think about it. Does Roddy have freakazoid powers? Are there, I must. don't think he ever does. He well, said, I mean, well, well, later he does some Obi-Wan stuff, I think with freakazoid in the second season, yeah. I think, but I think he yeah. must have the same powers as freakazoid. Just yeah, um, maybe it's weird. <laughs> Although and doesn't that, doesn't Freakazoid call him Obi Wan in this segment? Because yeah, he calls himself Obi Wan. Yeah, Roddy calls himself Obi Wan freaking Kenobi. There are a few Star Wars references in this one. Yeah, um, quite a few. Yeah. Um. Oh, anyway, so anyways, he's uh, Roddy has to give a bunch of exposition, and he's even complaining about how much exposition he has to give. But basically, Gutierrez is in the internet. He's locked out Roddy, so he can't get in there, but he's zapping all of Freakazoid's power, so he has to go in there, or he'll uh, shrivel up into like a prune if he stays in the real world. So he has to go on the internet, but he's, there's going to be a trap in there, so he's he has to go in, or he'll be destroyed. So he's 
he, he has no choice. So uh, he's going to go on the internet and uh, that's what he does. He hits the delete key and is zapped in. And that's how this first segment ends. And then, and then we go to commercial. Yeah. So Freakazoids in the internet. What do you guys think about this first section right here? I had a lot of moments in it that I really liked. Uh, let, let's start with, let's start with a person who has never seen this episode before. Kelly, <laughs> or there's some moments in this one that you, that stood out to you. I'm not even going to say things that made you laugh or anything. Cause I don't, I think I might be asking too much. <laughs> so I can't remember. There's a point where Cosgrove's talking about Carrie Fisher. Is that, yes. that's in this first in part. This first part. Yeah. I remember he was driving when he was talking about it. So there was that. I like that movie. Carrie Fisher's a real cutie pie. And then um, the Medieval Times part was funny than the lady. That It actually was funny. Um, I, I don't know <laughs> if I audibly laughed, but I chuckled in my head. And because um, I've been to Medieval Times, you know, we have we have one here um, north of Atlanta. And it's, it's so silly, um, but it, it's kind of fun. <laughs> and so I thought it was funny. It reminded me of, of when I went there. Um, so, yeah, those are things that stood out. All right, uh, yeah. The the and the Obi Wan and the Obi Wan and the the exposition part. Yes, yeah. exactly. I know. I was like, okay, good. We got some Star Wars things to to hook Kelly in at least for interest. <laughs> good, excellent. Uh, Nathan, what about you? Um, I like Cosgrove saying "chubby boy" and things like. That. <laughs> yeah, there there is a lot of silly things in this one. Chubby and chubby and chubby boy and weenie boy and all this kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, the the things that they got uh, Gutierrez and Cosgrove to say are just very funny. Yeah, because um, here you have actual like Ricardo Montalban and Ed Asner who are like you know actual like respected actors saying silly things like that uh paul rugg has gone on record many times of saying how much he enjoyed uh having to getting to write some silly things like that and then they say it and how uh, hilarious that is which yeah i could see that being very funny there's a lot of like just uh neat little things in this episode i particularly like the cosrove eating constantly like the, your his friend is basically passed out like really like in medical distress and he runs into the drive-in and has to have this conversation with who's on the fryer yeah, yeah. Mm, he's, he's good, good. <laughs> <laughs> i that and that has ever since i saw this episode the first time in the 90s whenever i i will think about that many times going through a drive-through i i sometimes will, i am tempted to ask somebody Who's on the fryer tonight? You know, <laughs> just to see uh, what they say. But um, and then of course going back for his orange bang, and and then going into the hospital, and he's eating a pizza, and he's falling asleep with like popcorn or peanuts on his stomach. You know, it's uh, Cosgrove, and he, yeah, like the main how thing he, he has leeches that he can give to. <laughs> he, has, he has leeches in his car. He ta- the main thing that he talks about that uh, in the hospital it's great is that the food is really good. Uh, so Cosgrove had a <laughs> the theme of Cosgrove and food was very strong in this first section mm-hmm. uh, but the uh, and I did like the the idea just remembering back in the 90s when you needed a phone line to get on the internet so that mm-hmm. was I like when uh, Gutierrez is on the computer like he's sitting backwards on his toilet <laughs> yeah he has, he has his own little desk and he <laughs> sings a cool little song going like to the, get the rest of his, yeah <laughs> I'm gonna get freakazoid, stupid little crazy boy freakazoid. 
works. The rest of his cell is so like perfect, but like he has to sit on the toilet for this. That's true. He's a pretty like... very ornate. Yeah, he gets a big table and everything, but for the desk they forgot to in- install that, so he has to sit uh, with the t- <laughs> sit on the toilet backwards. Um, I like how the guards of the prison pat down the warden <laughs> as he goes into the cell, yeah. into his own prison. So yeah, the warden has no control over his own prison when his own guards uh, are are basically uh, thugs of uh, Gutierrez. Uh, little things like that, just uh, funny stuff. And now some messages from those really nice people who pay our bills. My brother told me to watch his chicken nuggets for a minute so no one eats them. But when someone gets nuggets, it's hard not to try one. Now get five all-white meat Wendy's chicken nuggets for 99 cents. Who ate my nuggets? Dave Thomas. Hi, this is Paul Rugg, voice of Freakazoid, and you're listening to the Animaniacast. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get back from commercial and Kelly, what happens in the middle part here of the wrath of Gutierrez? Okay. Well, Roddy tells him he needs to go into the internet and, um, you know, basically, uh, Gutierrez is baiting him. And, um, so that's why he has to do it. And so there's this kind of long sequence where he's traveling through the internet, like these interesting little backgrounds, and then he comes out into this room and there's an astronaut there and kind of breathing like Darth Vader. And um, I was confused for a minute and I was like, this seems like it's from 2001, um, which confused me even more because that movie confuses me. Yeah. Um, there, the, <laughs> the whole point of 2001 is to just make you go, huh? <laughs> I, I had to Google after that movie. <laughs> um <laughs> So, uh, but I haven't read the book, so I don't know, if, you know, what the differences are. But um, so then the astronaut, I think, just kind of leaves. He says something. Um, he has to go to the bathroom. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> and then, then he just walks off. I was like, okay. Could you tell me where the bathroom is? I don't know. Shoot. And um, then Freakazoid encounters Gutierrez, and he's all freaked out. And Freakazoid talk, talks about yeah, his, like, like uh, he t- talks about, like, his um, abs or whatever. And um, Gutierrez says he's stronger than Freakazoid. And, but Freakazoid said, well, but can you dance? And he, he does this really impressive dance. And um, Freakazoid tries to, like, you know, twist his head and hit him. And it's not doing any good. He's, he's super powerful. Put on that bracelet. No, it's ugly. Stop! I'll stop that bad acting and put on the bracelet. And Gutierrez says that uh, he has to solve all the puzzles in the castle uh, or else he'll be deleted in like 59 minutes. So he goes into this castle and in I guess it's based on one of his, one of Gutierrez's favorite computer games. And And then we go to commercial. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We call him a weenie first. Yes, that's right. Most important part, of course, calls him a weenie. Yeah. (laughs) 
He's such a weenie. I am not a weenie. You are the weenie. It's a funny, funny word. Especially Gutierrez says it. I think Gutierrez, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so a short middle section. Uh, any highlights in this particular one that you that stood out for you, Nathan? Um, yeah, I, I like the uh, whole "I'm uh, stronger than you could possibly imagine." <laughs> hey, another Star Wars reference. Star Wars. Yes, I caught that too. I am now more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Yes, but can you dance? <laughs> um, and it's cool that he has this like laser thing that could come out of his eye patch now. He seems like he just looks really cool and intimidating. Gutierrez now, like it's a cool design, yeah. and I really liked some. So that's like, I think this segment had some of the coolest uh, artistic parts of the episode for sure. Like the whole going through, but then also the running towards the castle at the end where. Uh, Freakazoid's all blurry, and then you refocus on him, and yeah, like, this looks really cool. Like, I agree, I agree. I thought that was a really cool looking part right there. Um, and yeah, I did like, I did like the uh, the the uh, whole 2001 sequence when he's going into kind of like in the monolith, is like the thing in 2001. Mm-hmm. I gotta admit, I've never been able to watch the entire movie 2001. I read, but I did read the books i read 2001 2010 and i believe the third one i read was 2073 which um i think those were the books i read i'm not exactly sure i read them in high school i liked them and then i tried watching the movie and did not like it (laughs) i saw it at the loft and that was cool just seeing it in the movie theater the artsy theater in tucson the loft Mm. well at any rate uh, so, uh, Kelly, what about you? Anything stand up for you in this part? Um, no, no, nothing that I haven't mentioned already. Well, <laughs> I just think it's funny that the, that Freakazoid, that Gutierrez puts a, a, a bracelet on him. And he's just like, <laughs> no, it's ugly. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, like, and also, but also, like, the fact that Gutierrez has to play this game to begin with. It's like, why even do this? Like, just delete them or just, you know what I mean? Like, or just set the timer to a second or two or one minute or something. A classic villain thing though. If we did that, there would be no story. So yeah, it makes more interesting. I'm glad he did it. Okay. (laughs) I'm glad that Gutierrez gave Freakazoid a chance. (laughs) He's a sporting villain, you know, Mm -hmm. It's, it's very sportsmanlike. Well, let's go ahead and get to the finale here. So Freakazoid's going through the... Well, he goes to the castle door, I should say. And Lonnie Talbot, who, of course, was the wolfman in our previous episode, is back. And he is the guard of the castle. And he's dressed like the guard in The Wizard of Oz who said, Who rang that bell? I am the doorkeeper with horrible skin. Answer my riddle and then you come in. Oh, I hate these. All right, what? I buzz about at a citrus event where hours of fun can cheaply be spent. Who am I? Hmm. A bee at the Orange County Fair. Enter. And uh, it also <laughs> reminds me of uh, the, the, the ceiling. Uh, hooked uh, on a ceiling. Hooked on a ceiling. Wacko. Yeah. I mean, Yakko. Yeah, oh, Nobody sees the wizard. <laughs> Nobody sees the wizard. No how. No way. No how. Anyway, uh, Lonnie get Lonnie lets him in after he guesses the 
answer to the riddle, which was like a bee at the Orange County Fair, which is something that buzzes around or something like that. At the citrus event uh, that no one... <laughs> yeah. Yes. Very weird uh, thing. But uh, now we all know the answer to that riddle if anybody asks you on the street. Uh, Lonnie lets him in and, of course, gives him a little piece of chalk. Because you're in a video game, and in these video games, you have to collect things to help you pass puzzles. Um, I remember playing lots of these games, uh, Space Quest, and I think what they're really kind of parroting in this one is probably King's Quest. Uh, all these old Sierra video games from when I was a kid, I really liked. But uh, at any rate, Freakazoid goes through, uses the piece of chalk to find the correct path. He goes on a different path and finds a bowl. A bowl! I got a bowl! Good for me! Uh, he finds a bunch of different things. The timer is going down pretty quickly, and by the end of it, he finds a big pile of keys. And he knows that one of those keys is going to help him take the bracelet off his arm. And the timer's going down quickly. He just has a few seconds, and luckily... He finds out which key it is because he puts on these sunglasses that he got off of a statue. And then he can see which one's glowing. So he takes off the thing, throws the little bracelet, it explodes. And there's Gutierrez saying, good job, but now you're going to be eliminated. I said that if you found the key, you would not be deleted. I made no other promises. Yeah, we. Don't say the weenie word. No, no, no. So they such have a, a little weenie. battle. <laughs> it's such a weenie. They have a little bit of a battle. Freakazoid tries charging Gutierrez, but Gutierrez has been doing setups. Uh, so he is it, nothing can nothing can knock him he's over. He's not even ticklish. No, he's not even <laughs> ticklish. Uh, so uh, he uses that cool eye patch zappy ray and freakazoid luckily puts down his sunglasses it goes right back to gutierrez where gutierrez i guess is weakened so that way freakazoid kicks him off and <laughs> gutierrez pleads with freakazoid saying uh, that he wouldn't do it to his father would he and freakazoid help me would you let your father fall my father you're my father oh yes I am your father. I like that part right there, because Gutierrez doesn't even really say that he's his father. He's just like, uh, yes, I, I'm your <laughs> father. Uh, he mentions, let's see, Faye Dunaway, Kay Ballard, and uh, Sandy Duncan. Mm. As Which Sandy Duncan is the only one I really remember as a kid, because she was in uh, that uh, the Harper family, I think it was the, was the show, wasn't it? The Hogan oh. family. The Hogan family, that was it. Yes. Anyway, Sandy Duncan. At any rate, uh, Gutierrez falls to his demise. For, yeah. <laughs> for now. Uh, and so Freakazoid goes back and he explains what happened. And Cosgrove says, oh, okay, I got it now. I just have one question. In that movie Congo, how do you know who's the gorilla and who's the monkey guy in a monkey suit? So they end up going to Congo where they... <laughs> try to explain to Cosgrove which one is which and they do not succeed that's a real monkey no that's some guy in a suit okay but now that's a real monkey no that's another guy in a suit okay 
I see what you're saying now. There. That's a guy in a suit. No! That's a real monkey! How can you tell? It's obvious, Cosgrove. There. Now that's a real monkey. That's a guy in a suit! We're gonna have to see this again. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> so, And that's the end of season one of Freakazoid. So... Uh, cute stuff right there. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, what did you, any moments in this third part that stood out for you as as of for, of note? I won't say funny, Kelly. I will say of note. What do you what did you what did you see that you that stood out for you? Kelly, she's gone. She left. <gasps> Kelly, Kelly just said, I'm out. I'm not even going to talk about Freakazoid anymore. Well, hopefully she'll connect in just a moment. Uh, Nathan, what did you see in this third part that was humorous to you? Um, well, I like the whole finding items things. Like, he's getting all, he's, he has to get one more item still. And that was actually the most important item because that was the sunglasses, which he uses twice at the, in his final yeah, he's, oh boy, yeah. Do you think those sunglasses were the most important yeah. thing of all the things that he got? I mean, the ladder was pretty important. and The ladder was pretty important to get across the bridge. He might have been able to just jump across that. So really, I think the only thing he really needed was those sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> and I really like the chalk thing. That's so stupid because he really didn't need the chalk either. He had to write on the floor. I went in here. I came out, out here. Out here. So, uh, yeah, it's just like you don't I need talk the, for that. The time, <laughs> the timer was all over the place in this yeah. one. Like it was, thirty minutes went by in no time at all. Yeah, from, like the just time going went, through the the up to the chalk. He he cut the bowl yeah. and did the chalk, and that took forty minutes or something. And I did time it when when he checked right after he got his sunglasses that there was like a minute and a half ish left or something like that. Is it like three or four minutes left or something? No, it 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 actually it actually exploded faster than a minute and thirty seconds, oh, which cool. actually surprised me. I thought, okay, I think this is probably going to go later, but yeah. no, it actually time does go faster in that yeah. castle. <laughs> it, it time is you know uh, timey wimey, you know. Usually, when they get down to like ten seconds, it goes slow, you know. In definitely usually in these shows where they go like you've got 10 seconds left and then it's like 30 seconds later like <laughs> eight <laughs> yeah you're like mm. kelly what about you is there any parts in the third section that we were of note i thought it was funny when they went to see the congo movie and they kept debating over now, whether it's like actually... a... huh <laughs> i was gonna say have you actually seen the movie congo because i've yes. tried to see it no, and I saw it. it. I mean, I think I think it's a Frank Marshall, um, Kathy Kennedy movie. I um, I do remember it's a Michael Crichton book. Yes. So I read the book, and because um, I thought uh, I think it's an Amblin movie. Um, let me. Double I think check. you're probably right. right. This was in the '90s after Jurassic Park. I think every movie studio was like, "Let's try to make a movie." Of every single Michael Crichton. And, you know, Michael Crichton had a big hit with ER. And it was, you know, Michael Crichton could do no wrong. And so let's just adapt everything. And so then there was Congo, which didn't do that well. And then there was Sphere, which didn't do well. And 
Then there was uh, the 13th Warrior, I think it was called, which was... Didn't do well. Yeah, which was off of Eaters of the Dead, I think, which didn't do well either, which I like that movie, actually, but uh, besides the point... Uh, um, I think Rising Sun did okay. Rising Sun did okay, and didn't he write Disclosure, I think? Yes. So he he had kind of a 50-50 with these movies. And I feel like Congo didn't do terribly. It probably, like, maybe broke even. It might have, maybe. Might have broken even. And see, Congo, um, I'm looking at it, Congo even had Tim Curry. Like, I, I don't understand why it didn't do better. I don't know. Well, I, I know that I know in previous discussions we've talked about how it was John P. McCann and Paul Rugg had gone in to go see Congo and thought it was hilariously bad is what I think something along those lines. Like they just thought it was I I think I had to yeah. watch it in school. But <laughs> like it, you had it, to? Was, it was a Frank well, Marshall movie. Um I don't I don't see Kathleen Kennedy listed here. Um but I thought they both worked on it and um and I don't see that it was an Amblin film, but I, huh. I could be I could be wrong. I mean I'm just looking on IMDB and trying to go off by my memory. It's possible. But I, that I knew I, Frank Marshall was connected to it for sure. It's possible that Frank Marshall could have left Amblin by then too. Maybe. Mm. Yeah, because so. they kind of went out and worked on their own. Yeah. Um, yeah. Stuff. I, I don't oh. remember what year they they started doing that. Well, uh, anyway, Pretty Amy, Amy Pretty, um, and White Apes. Pretty is what I read. Amy. <laughs> As Boron said. Um, the Congo reference. It's good. Congo. <laughs> I know two Congo references in this uh, first season of uh, Freaky Book. Yeah. And by the way, we didn't even mention the the that uh, we hit the trifecta of uh, female celebrities with at the beginning with a uh, deadpan mm-hmm. it, turning into Princess Diana and Meryl St- uh, not Meryl Streep, uh, Barbara Streisand and Hillary Clinton. Who mm-hmm. you know th- those those three showed up at least two or three times in this first season. Yep. Um, you know, hey, they were on the model sheets, and they it was easy to show the animators draw them like this. Which <laughs> side note, I remember watching reruns of Freakazoid and always kind of feeling that sad awkwardness whenever they showed Princess Diana showing mm. up because it was just like, oh, she just died. So yeah. Mm. But anyway, on that note. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get to our water tower rating. Well, what do you guys think? Out of five water towers, how many water towers would you give this episode of Freakazoid? Kelly, why don't we start with you this time? I I think I'll go four. Um, I thought it was pretty consistently strong. It had Ricardo Montalban in it, um, and I actually recognized his voice. <laughs> I was like, either that's somebody doing a Ricardo Montalban voice, or that is Ricardo Montalban. So it was the latter. So I thought that was really cool. And um, and Cosmos script was just hilarious in it. And it had Star yeah. Wars references. Yeah, exactly. So you got those three things. Nathan, mm-hmm. what about you? Um, I'm going to go ahead and give it a, a five. I think it's just really, really good. Like, Story-wise, it's some of the best plot points that you get in a Freakazoid. <laughs> like, um, it's a nice uh, conclusion to chip parts one and two. <laughs> it's a nice, like, bringing back. Like, if you hadn't, if you haven't seen those two episodes, though, this might be a little confusing or yeah. probably not as good. But yeah. I think 
having seen that episode myself, I uh, commend it. It's good uh, continuity and yeah, right. uh, and lots of funny little parts. So five. Well, I'm going to say it's almost perfect. I'm going to say it's a four and a half. I'll be right in the middle of you two. Uh, I really liked it. There's moments, especially with Cosgrove, that really stood out for me. Uh, that watching it again, I say, I remember this part. I remember that. That's funny. Uh, but yeah, there, it seems like there's just certain parts where I'm like, maybe it's just a little shorter than the other ones. Like I felt like I, I just wanted more. I guess that's the only reason I'm not undocking it. It's just that it, come on, we could have gone for 30 seconds or a minute more of stuff. Yeah, but they did. Well, I'm kind of glad they didn't separate it in two episodes, like Chip Part One and Two. Oh, that's true. That they one felt have. like it, could, it was a little like could put Chip One and Two. I think in one episode. Yeah, with a little bit like, more editing, editing yeah. a little bit, you could probably squeeze it into one. I think we they could have done that, but but um, then you I'm, would have missed out on the Valenti talking about the the rating system and stuff like that. So you yeah, know, maybe I, I split it up. Get, get, yeah. get more stupid stuff. Uh, well, at any rate, uh, so good. I guess what is that average? Four and a half. That's four that's and a half. That's a, that's a solid, solid episode of Freakazoid right there. So there we go. We'll be getting into the second season in about a month or so. So and and then we'll we'll see. Yeah. All <laughs> yeah, right. I don't well, know. I've definitely missed some episodes in the second season, so I'm excited to see that. Yeah, the second season especially was hard because yeah, with the first season we taped. I think every episode on VHS in the second season, it started jumping all around the place scheduling wise. And there were gaps and Mm -hmm. our thing. So yeah, when I finally got the second season on DVD, I was like, Oh, I've never seen this episode before. (laughs) So exciting stuff. Well, at any rate, let's go ahead and get to our contact information. Nathan, where can people get in contact with you online? Oh, how about uh, Twitter? Maybe Uh, Django FT. uh, That's me. All right, and Kelly, what about you? I'm also on Twitter, Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S, or email me, Kelly, at BigShinyRobot.com. All right, and as for the Animaniacast, we are on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and several other online places as well that you can probably find us. You can send us an email, which is Animaniacast at gmail.com. And, of course, we're a proud member of the RetroZap podcast network, so you could always go to retrozap.com to check out our episodes there or subscribe to the retrozap feed and that way you get this podcast and all the other retrozap podcasts delivered straight to your device for free and don't forget you could become a patron of our show to support all these crazy episodes that we're doing plus you'll be getting bonus content every week what kind of bonus content you ask well you could get us just talk about stuff like, uh, you know, random like stuff what? before recording. <laughs> uh, or uh, you can get a great Animaniacs episode commentaries with Tom Ruger. Ooh, that's right. We're going over every every episode of Animaniacs with Tom. And we're having a blast doing that. Plus, you can even get decals and signed Animaniacs trading cards. So check it all out at patreon.com slash Animaniacast. Well, that'll do it for today's episode. So... For Nathan and Kelly, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. 
This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, Freakazoid, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademarking copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. Boy, you got a lot of lines in this show. Aye, that's what I told them. But no, all the cruddy exposition goes to me. I've got to talk and talk and fiddle with the computer and talk some more and fiddle and talk. I feel like Obi-Wan, Cruddy Kenobi. Roddy, settle. 